FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids. Not Your Mother's Podcast. Hi, I'm Sean Lee, and this is the Two Wild Orchids, the place you come for sex and fun. I want to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get started today. If you are new to our show, then it might sound weird to you if you go back to season one or season five or season seven or whatever, and I had a different partner. Well, the universe had a plan for me, and it was that I was going to do this with the only partner I ever needed, and that's you. So if you're new to the show and you're like, what the heck? Let me tell you, that's what happened. So it's me and you, and what I like for you to do is to call in and leave me messages or to send me emails and messages and let me know what you want to talk about. More and more of you are writing me letters about ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy or swinging or polyamory or anything that falls under that umbrella, which I have to say thrills me to no end because that's my jam. So I am ethically and consensually non-monogamous. I've been ethically non-monogamous for 20 plus years. My parents were swingers. I'm a second generation swinger. And I get it, man. I get how hot and sexy and dirty it can be to have sex with strangers, people you've just met that night. I get get what it's like to meet someone and really like them and want to have a relationship with them and feel conflicted because you're in love with your husband or your wife. And I also get what it's like to sit there and watch your partner have sex and be so fucking turned on or be so fucking jealous. Like I've been in, I've been in all of those situations. And so if you haven't dealt with me personally, then you may not know that I'm an alternative relationship coach. And, and my, my niche is to help you navigate through ethical non-monogamy because it's a whole, it's a whole different ball of wax. Years ago, I did a, um, a survey because I, I built this body of work called Proclivities, the Science of Connection, which is how people connect. It, it's archetypes on how people connect. And I did this survey and said, what is the number one thing you fight about? And I got to tell you, 44% of people said that the number one thing they fight about is housekeeping. Who's going to pick up the dirty laundry or take out the trash? And I remember reading that study going, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it was my survey. And I could not believe that the thing that most people fight about is household. Like I can find bigger things to fight about every day. You looked at her too long. You kissed her too long. You fucked her too long. You went down on her too long. I can fight about shit that's like that. But whether or not he takes out the trash or does the dishes, pfft. I don't care. Somebody will do it. But I get how how all of it can be really intimidating. I remember one time there was this beautiful woman. I mean, she was like rock star, movie star, gorgeous. And she comes over to our house and she had been in this relationship with her husband that they were officially separated and she was starving for affection, just starving for attention. And she took one look at my husband, who admittedly is very good looking, And it was like lunch. And he came darting into the bedroom later and he's like, do you want her to rape me or what? I was like, ah, go, I'm busy. Like, I didn't really think anything was going on. But I came out of the bedroom later on because I had been talking to a friend on the phone. And when I came out and I looked, I mean, she's naked. He's got his hands in her hoo-ha. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened here? And he looks at me like, I tried to tell you. Well, she ended up staying the weekend with us. She was actually a friend of mine who came to visit. It was the first time we'd ever really played in the kink or BDSM world. She was pretty experienced in it. And he had her spread eagled on the bed. I mean, he took to that like a duck to water to her. And he's going down on her and she's moaning. And there's all this sexy energy going on. And it was hot for about mm, 10 seconds. And at 11 seconds, I was losing my fucking mind. I was watching them just be so into each other. It was like, it wasn't even like I was in the room or at least that's how I felt. Now I have no idea how they felt, but I know how I felt. I felt like nobody knows I'm here. Nobody will notice if I leave. And I was so 
jealous. I was so frustrated. I was so pissed off. I was like, how does he not see that this is bothering me? Well, he couldn't see that he was, this was bothering me because his head was deep in her hoo-ha and he had his eyes closed. He was loving it. She was loving it. And I was sitting there going, um, 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 and every part of me wanted to say, I'm not okay. And I didn't, I didn't say it, but I got to tell you, this subject is really resonating with so many of you because I have three letters from you and they all say the same thing. So I'm just going to give you the questions that it add that they asked. The first one was, how do you guys handle jealousy when your partner's having other connections? The other one was, how do you accept your partner having sex with others? Does it bother you? And the third one is, even with communication, everything, the thought of my partner having sex is a little hard. And I kind of want to work backwards from those questions, all right? So this last one says, the thought of my partner having sex is a little hard, which I think translates into, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it, right? Because sex is hot and sex is fun. And watching your partner have sex with someone else can be the hottest experience of your life, except for when that person leaves and you have sex with your, with your, with your partner. Oh, that's the hottest sex ever. You guys get to talk about it and relive it. And it's, it's really, really good. But it can be scary. And I got to say, my biggest fear for a long time was the thought of him playing alone. And what that means in the swinging and the kink, the swinging and the poly world is you go off and you have sex with someone else and your partner's not there. Now in the swinging world, there's, there's got more guidelines. Like they have rules like, um, full swap, which means everybody's going to have penetrative sex, uh, soft swap, which means you do everything but penetrative sex, same room only, which means you play together in the same room only ever or separate rooms. Like you can have a lot of freedom in it. And it was always his like fondest desire that he gets to go play alone. Well, in my thirties, that was like, are you, are you crazy? Like all I could think is, why don't you want me there? Why don't you want me there? Why don't you want me there? To me, it was a very personal attack. Why don't you want me there? But the more I sat with it and the more I processed it, it was like what this letter said, the thought of my partner having sex is a little hard. I really learned that I wasn't scared of what he was doing. Like, I didn't think he was going to leave me. I didn't think he was going to run off with some random girl. I'd, like, I wasn't worried about that. What I was scared of was how I thought I might feel. Like, I was scared to be alone in my own head. I was scared for him to leave the house and me be home alone and know that he was off somewhere having sex with someone or doing whatever with someone, and I would be losing my fucking mind and have no relief. And I didn't think that I could handle the flood of emotions that would overtake me. And for a very long time, I couldn't. But I get these letters from you where you're like, how do you do this? How do you, you know, how do you not scratch your eyes out? Like there was another letter I got actually on Facebook, a message. Somebody said, how do you not scratch your eyes out? I don't mind telling you that there was a time in my life. <laughs> I was so conflicted. And this is one of the letters I also got that I want to address is when you are friends with the person your, your, your husband or your wife is having sex with, it's doubly hard because it's not just the jealousy. It's like, I would get so frustrated in the lifestyle because the women that he was playing with are women I love. I love to this day. I loved then. And I, and I knew they loved their husband. So what the fuck was wrong with me that I couldn't handle just the play? So if this is you, I'm going to encourage you to give yourself a break because I have a ton of letters on this and I just want to be clear. I can't read everybody's letter on this online on, on the show. So I want to be clear. I feel you. I hear you. I get it. Accepting your partner having sex with someone else is a, is a lot like um, an, a, an acquired taste, right? You, you just have to go through it a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. And you can't beat up on yourself or anyone else for the fact that you're not okay because it has to be okay if you're not. 
So I can remember watching him have sex with that girl that I was talking about that she had tied to the bed. And I watched and I watched and I watched and I watched and I bit my tongue. And then finally this voice came out of me and I was like, I'm done. And I was like, and he looked at me like, ah, what happened? And she looked at me like, ah, what happened? And I was done because I had taken all I could take. And so you have to have that voice inside of you that, that, that comes out hopefully in a gentler space and says, you know what? I need a hug. Like we started putting things into our relationship in place situations where I would call hug break, which meant everybody stop what they're doing, go back to your partner and, and, and just hug for a second. Like let's just reconnect in that physical space. So it's not so harsh where I'm sitting because sometimes living in your own crazy, actually all the time living in your own crazy is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And who isn't scared of losing a connection with somebody they love? Like that was the thing. I wasn't scared he was going to leave, but I was scared I was going to lose his attention. I was scared I was going to lose his affection. And maybe that's you too, right? Because sex is fun. Sex is hot. But when you see, when you see your lover getting a blowjob and their head is thrown back in ecstasy and they're, ha- and they're just, and you're like, I don't think he ever looks like that when he, I give him a blowjob. You don't know. You know why you don't know? Because you're giving the blowjob. He once said to me, he's like, you know, we're going to have to have someone record us because I don't think you understand how I look at you when I'm having sex. And the minute he said that, I felt better. I thought, you know what? He's right. I don't know what I look like. I don't know what he looks like. Now I do. We videotaped enough times. I Now I do. And it's not any better or any, or any worse, rather. Let me say that better. It's not any worse what he does with me. It's actually better. I, I see there's more involvement from him. And so if you're struggling with this, please know you're not alone. I, I got so frustrated with the lifestyle because of the, we aren't going to talk about the way we're feeling culture. And I found this forum today online. I was so happy to find it because the question that was asked was, is it common for couples to have uh, fights? I think it was, is it common for couples to have fights after lifestyle events? And resoundingly, I was so excited because so many people wrote in and said, yes. And, and they wrote in and said things, you know, my wife thought I was spending too much time with her, or my husband thought I was spending too much time with him. And I thought, thank you. Thank you for finally speaking up. Because the poly community was the only community that I knew of that would really talk about that stuff. But it was like, you know, it's impossible to think that couples don't go home and they're fine all the time. Nobody's fine all the time. If you go on SD, SDC, Swingers Date Club, or SLS, or any of those, all of the couples say the same thing. We're best friends. We have no drama. We love each other very much, and we get along great. Okay, me too. Sometimes. Other times, I want to dig a hole in my backyard and bury him underneath my pool and say that he's missing at sea. I mean, really. You know, there are times that when I don't like him very much, and there are times I'm sure he doesn't like me very much, and there are times you don't like your partner very much, and that's okay. And it has to be okay. A grand part of being okay in the lifestyle or in the polyamory world is accepting your flaws, is accepting your, your challenges, is accepting the way you attach, is accepting your insecurities, is recognizing, hey, this is a trigger for me. And that's okay. Like, I don't know where we got the idea that we have to show up perfect to every interaction without our emotions, without our feelings, without our shit. We're supposed to leave all that baggage at home, but we're coming with the person who creates the baggage with us. But don't worry, we're fine. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? So the other question was, how do you handle jealousy with your partners having other connections? This was so hard for me. And so if this is you, please pay attention because this is the best advice I can give you. I, like, I don't have anything better than this other than if you take one of my courses, there's some, there's some steps, but that's a longer process. For right now, in the time that we have, here's what I did. This girl came over one day and she said to me, hey, do you mind if I fuck him? And they had played together before and I'd watched them. But I was going out with another friend of mine. We were actually going out for a day. We were going to go do the Hollywood market down in South Florida. 
And she knew it. And she's like, do you mind if I stay and fuck him? And I thought about it and thought, well, kind of, but I also thought, mm, I, I, I shouldn't, right? Isn't that, isn't that the, the shitty word of the day? I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel like he shouldn't get to do what he wants to do because really at the end of the day, I shouldn't feel that way. It's, it's his body. It's his interaction. It's his fun. It's his sex. I'm not going to be home anyway. So there's nothing being taken from me, right? There's all of that logic. But when you're logically based and then your emotion throws an ace and goes, yeah, but it feels like shit. You go, fuck, now what? So I said, yeah, that's fine. And he asked me like 20 times, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. And so when I was out at the Hollywood market that day, I was walking around and every now and then I started feeling that, that, you know, that yicky feeling that you get in your stomach when your stomach starts to rumble and you're like, oh, I know what he's doing. And you're like in there and you're like, ah, here's what I did. I thought about other times that I had seen him have sex and how turned on I was. And I thought, okay, here's my choice. I've felt turned on before when I've watched him have sex and I have felt jealous before when I have watched him have sex. Which one feels better? Obviously being turned on. So then I just decided that I would focus on feeling turned on. And that's where the power came in for me. That's where things really shifted for me was the awareness that I could change how I was feeling. And the way that I did it was I remembered times that we'd had sex after we'd had sex with someone else. Like I told you, that's the best sex you ever have. So I would think about how when I got home, I knew whatever he was doing, I was going to hear all the details about it. And I was going to feel like a rock star because A, I had, you know, survived, if you will, this hard moment for me. And B, we were going to have really hot sex over it. And we did. And it was so nice to feel confident in that space. See, I think when you're worried about your partner having sex, it is only and ever because you're not confident in how they feel about you. You're confident in how you feel about them, but you're not super confident in how they feel about you. And so that's where, that's where the work begins because how they feel about you is none of your damn business. And that's hard. Like you're, you're just sitting there watching them have sex with someone else and you're like, oh my gosh, like what if he likes it better? What if she's doing something I don't do? What if they're going to meet privately? What if they, like you start going through text messages and getting just fucking crazy? But that's because it's a you problem because they're not having the same experience. And the way you know that for sure is thinking about when you had sex with somebody you only kind of liked. You weren't in your head going, I'm going to call them as soon as I get done with this. And I'm going to, you weren't doing that. They're not doing it either, but it's hard. I'm not going to deny it. It it, it is. And with all of you writing me these questions, I feel like this is something we really need to work on because I have been there. I have been super confident sometimes and felt totally successful and loved everything he was doing and loved everything I was doing. And other times I've lost my damn mind. And I'm not afraid to say that because that was the, that was the catalyst for change for me was being able to accept that I'm not okay right now. And I cried and I dealt with a lot of my icky shit. And we all have childhood shit that crops up at inopportune and inconvenient times. And I'm going to ask you to just say, okay, it is what it is right now. Here's what I can promise you. There's always going to be another opportunity. You're always going to get another shot at bat as long as you want it. But you don't have to do this. Going poly, going open, going swinging, whatever it is, it challenges who you are. It, it shines a big fat spotlight on everything you're scared of. And I promise you for women, we have so many body issues. Like, it, you know, I did a, I, with my Ted talk, right? There's a study that says 97% of women hate themselves once a day, hate their bodies once a day. And it starts as young as seven. So if you have little girls work on that with them, but with men, with men, it's like, does he have a bigger dick? Does he make more money? 
Like the money thing is so big for men. If, if, if your wife is fucking somebody who's a millionaire and you're barely making ends meet, there's this huge disparity in men about it. And, and women don't think that way necessarily. I told you before I had this great fantasy of me rolling around on dollar bills and couldn't believe how my body reacted, but that didn't make the guy any more attractive. Like for me, it was just about me and the money and rolling around on it. It's money I made, right? It's an, it, it didn't make the guy any more attractive. All money does is exacerbate who you are. So if you're wonderful, you're extra wonderful. If you're terrible, you're extra terrible. But men have a real issue with this idea of providing and being the provider and being the, the supporter. And if they've got a small penis and they don't have any money, you're just like in a trifecta of craziness. So you have to understand what women think about and what men think about are very different. When women are feeling insecure, we're worried that she's prettier and she's sexier and she's thinner and she's taller and she's whatever, you know, and she's giving you better oral. And, and the only place that I think that that really even marries is with men thinking maybe she, he's fucking her better than you do. But I promise you, the best sex you ever have is with the people you're in love with. That's why I love Polly, because I love to be in love. I fall in love every single day. I'm a poly swinger and I own that. My swinging interactions are super slim though. My poly interactions are also super slim by the way. But I can fall in love in a minute, but I don't have sex to have to have sex with everybody I fall in love with. And so you just have to learn to accept those parts of yourself that the world has told you is wrong. That's why I've been working with couples the way I have, or not just necessarily couples, but people in general, about navigating non-monogamy. Because the world tells you that what you're doing is wrong. And the world tells you that what you want isn't okay. And I'm here to say that that's not true. Like I was on this uh, sex communicators con. I hosted it this last Monday. And one of the things that came out was Christian, uh, this really beautiful couple, this Christian couple came on and they talked about the way that they speak about sex on their show. And they said, you know, they had only a couple choices. If you, if you're a Christian and you do a, if you do a Christian podcast, then you can't talk about sex. Or if you talk about sex, you have to talk about it in a way that, you know, reduces everything you do. And they were like, no, this doesn't work. Like what we want to do is show what's real. And I just loved everything they had to say. Now they're monogamous, which kudos monos, you know, I just, that's just not who I am. And it doesn't sound like it's who you guys want to be either. It's okay to feel jealous. It's okay to be insecure about it. What I encourage you to do is though is not to be quiet about it, but you don't have to be explosive, dramatic about it either. That's the beauty of it. I used to get explosive dramatic because I didn't have anywhere to go with it. Like it, I felt like it wasn't okay to feel bad. It wasn't okay that I wasn't okay. The minute I accepted that I was, that I was okay with not being okay, I could go, hey, I'm having a moment. And for me, my language is this. I feel funny right now because it's horrible to say, I feel jealous, I'm insecure. Blah. Who wants to have that conversation? So come up with your own language. And for me, my language is, I feel funny. That's it. I feel funny right now. And funny doesn't have to mean ha-ha. Funny means I don't feel right. I don't feel solid. I don't feel okay. But it's, it's, it's a softer place for me. So you have to find words that make it softer for you. Look, watching your partner have sex with someone else, having a threesome, huh, having a threesome. Threesomes are my fucking favorite. I love threesomes. I especially love threesomes with two women, like me, a girl, and a guy. That is like the hottest threesome ever. I love it because I get the beauty of watching her with him. I get the beauty of exploring him with her and exploring her with him. I get the, I love threesomes. I'm a fan. But you have to have a threesome with somebody you're, you're really attracted to, too. But if you can find a space in you that's soft in this, I encourage it. Now, for people who are just starting out, you know what? 
you got plenty of time to change your rules. You don't have to force anyone into anything. If you want to make it only, you know, soft swap, which means no penetration in the same room, do that for a while. Don't change your rules midstream. If you want to venture into, you know, full swap, same room, do that. If you stay there, that's a hundred fucking percent okay. If you want to go into poly where you're ha- you have your own relationships, you have to really manage your own emotions. You know, I watched my husband fall in love with two women and both times it was a beautiful experience for me. But I promise you, had it been 10 or 15 years earlier, pfft, I'd have been a nutcase. Y'all would have come visit me in the hospital. I'd been so crazy. But it took, it's that growth of, of space. It's allowing it. You know, I had a friend once tell me, because I was really, this was back in the early days when I was really trying to get a handle on this. And she said to me, my husband doesn't get in trouble for anything because he doesn't do anything wrong. And I was like, what? Because my husband in my mind was doing a lot wrong back then. And, and, but I sat with that and I was like, okay, so that means that anything he wants to do is okay with her. And that's not what it means. It means he's a free being to do whatever it is he wants to do. Now, if she doesn't like it, that's a her and her challenge. And, and that's where people get really messed up with jealousy. They want someone to stop what they're doing so they feel better. And that never, ever works because the situation will come up again in a different way. The only thing you can do is let the emotions flow. I think it took me so long to come out of this because I stuffed everything for so long. I just kept pretending I was fine and I wasn't fine. So don't do that. If you've been doing it, the next time it happens, just sit with it. See where it takes you. It can take you to crazy town. Like, I'm, there's no joke. It can take you to crazy town. And so you do a little better the next time and you don't go quite as far down crazy town until eventually you kind of see the doorway for crazy town. You go, mm, I don't really want to walk through that. I've done that like a hundred thousand times and it never feels good. You get to choose how you want to feel. And in every, every single situation, you can choose the other side of the coin. How else have you felt in the situation? You know, like for example, I call it good jealousy. When you're in a bar and your partner's across the room, and some girl is looking at him and you're like, yeah, he's going on with me. When you get that feeling, that's good jealousy. That feels good. And if you want an opportunity to feel some good jealousy, then you want to make sure to come to our live event in Fort Lauderdale. It is going to be September 30th through October 3rd, Kinky Swing. Here's the deal. It's going to be for kinksters. It's going to be for swingers. And it's going to be for vanilla monogamous people too. Because I, it's going to be classes and it's going to be parties at night. But if you're not into the parties at night, you don't have to go. But it's good always to go and watch. Like I'm a huge voyeur. But recently I was on a call and the woman I was talking to, she has been a vanilla the whole time. She's been monogamous the whole time. And I said I was going to have a blowjob class. And she said, I want to learn to give a better blowjob. Hell yeah, you do. You know what else we're going to have, which is one of the new classes that I'm announcing, is I'm going to get a celebrity stylist, Patrice Bizio. He's done Project Runway and the Oscars. He's amazing. He's going to come in and, t- and talk to women specifically about how to dress sexier for your body type. Because like I own, I'm a fashion disaster and lingerie can sometimes make me feel stupid and foolish. So he's going to talk about based on your body type, what you should be wearing. So you feel the way you want to feel. It's going to be amazing between blowjob class and topless speed dating and you know, how to dress sexy. It's going to be bomb ass, no matter what, where you fall. It's consensual, non-monogamy, monogamous, doesn't matter. Come and play with us. It'll be going on from September 30th to October 3rd, so you want to be there. And also, if you were part of the guided journaling that I did with Kate Cocker, we're doing another one. You have to come play with us. Okay, this was $10. It was the best money you ever spent. You know it. And it is going to be on March 13th. Check my Facebook for details. All right, as I get out of here today... 
God, I love you guys so much. I love everything we're doing together and I hope you're loving it too. Make sure to keep sending me your questions. Make sure to keep calling in, sending me messages, however it makes you feel comfortable to do it. And I will keep talking to you about all the wonderful things that sex and fun can bring you. All right. You know the rules, right? I'm going to do me. You do you. And together, man, we are doing a fabulous us.